This time on TNT. It's 92 jams, buds. We talk about the birth of grunge. Plus, what even are drops of Jupiter? That's all coming up right now on TNT. Hey! Yo! Street Sense Guy! Street Sense Guy! Street Sense Guy! <laughs> what? Sorry, what's that? Street Sense... Hey! Uh, sorry, I, I didn't realize you were listening to music. Oh, yeah, um... Yeah. Just, uh... uh <laughs> Ed, well, Annie Lennox, the Eurythmics, you know them? That's... <laughs> yeah, I can hear it, it's, uh... Different. You can hear it from my headphones? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I just listened to this to, uh, to get me pumped up. Cool. Uh, <laughs> all right, man. I'll yeah. Have a good day. Right on, man. You, you too, man. And you're like, well, this is you walking, walking down the street in Toronto. Right? Yeah. And it's Walking 1990. The in I used <laughs> to live on. It's 92. Uh, it was 92, and this is yeah, somebody yelling across to you. I was living on Morris Street in Halifax, and my friend Matt lived upstairs, and Brian Hyde, who played Ken Pompadour on Street Sense, lived a couple blocks away. And every Sunday, we would have the Gentleman's Dinner Club, and we had to take turns making dinner. And these All guys right. were like heavy duty. Like I'm going to make chicken bourguignon. Well, I'm going to make uh, coco you know, van. Yeah, yeah, coco van. That's actually one. Like they're they're making no that way. stuff. So I would make like it's haddock with the dill sauce, and I would I got disqualified. And so I, if if your meal wasn't you were, you were canceled out of the yeah. group. Well, no, I wasn't canceled out of the group. It was like this Sunday doesn't count. You have to do it again next Sunday. Like, man, I can't hang with you guys. Yeah, so what'd you do? Order in from somewhere? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just they find um, they find takeout bags. containers in the garbage. Yeah. Um, and it's plated, but it's squashed like it's been in styrofoam. Oh, man, yeah, no way. But there was always some, like, uh, 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 bet or dare, and the loser had to do something dumb as part of it, like, Subtle and plausible, but wear a, a dish towel as a do rag out to the bar. Like some, like just oh, weird. Man. And if anyone asks about it, you can't mention it. Yikes! Like just juvenile, but fun. Totally. Like the, when you're wearing a dish rag on your head, you're yeah. done for the night. Like you're just kind of not. That's it. it takes you out of commission. <laughs> um. <laughs> But really uh, fun, and I, I like the idea of having to prepare proper meals. What did, were you always, Mister Takeout? Like in, uh, in your twenties yeah. and stuff? Yeah, 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 for sure, definitely. Restaurants. <laughs> I just remembered a story. Remember, uh, I was in Vancouver, and remember Yick from Degrassi High? Degrassi? Heck yeah, of course. <laughs> He, it was, I don't know if it was his bar, he was managing it or something, but I met him and he was like super sweet guy. And I was like, how's it going? And then all of a sudden this big bar fight started and all of a sudden he's like fighting a guy. What? <laughs> yeah. 
Come on. Like, stopping a fight, but, like, taking a couple, like, in the, like, just trying to calm down this melee. (laughs) It's just like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, yeah. Oh, hang on. Gork, gork. Pow, pow. Yeah, big, huge fight. I was um, like, man, I, he was a great character on Degrassi. Remember well, funny, because was... I would have said he wasn't a very big cat. No, no, he wasn't. But he was like, uh, you know, I guess he just was taking taking care of the situation. Not afraid <laughs> was... to throw some blows. Well, I don't know if he was throwing blows, more just like trying to stop the, the other guy <laughs> and like taking some. Wow. Yeah. Um... Super nice, nice dude, right? Yeah, definitely. But uh, I'm thinking like those are. That was a long time ago. But you know, you're, you're taking us, but we're back in 1992 here. Like, remember this one? <laughs> no. Da, 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 that was that. That was remember the time. But this one isn't starting for some reason. Remember the time was Michael Jackson, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pumping around. Oh. Is this Bobby Brown? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm trying oh. to get this other one going here, but it won't start. It's bumming me out. Everyone's Finally. Ju- jumping around? Get... Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to get uh, Finally by C.C. Peniston going, but it's Finally, it's happened to me <laughs> right in front of my face and my lips can't describe it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You took us there anyway. Um, well, but that's I... like, that's going downtown in Halifax in my first years of eligible drinking. I mean, 90, yeah, 92 was, uh, I was 17. So yeah, these are the uh, coming of age years. Well, wait a sec. Were you <laughs> in OLP I was yet? T- almost. I, this was my transition year from baseball to uh, drumming hardcore. Wow. Like, I was practicing drums from, I started in 89, but, uh, so this was year three, and being way more serious about it, so getting into music more, you know, buying records, like, I was really into The Who, and all the British rock bands. And, what? You know. Were you in, was it an R.E.M. cover band? Yeah, what? that was la- later, yeah, about uh, 93, I started playing in a... <laughs> Well, my buddy, that's all he could kind of... He had a one range. Hey, and it was, you, it was, rock and roll. Michael Nobody Stipe. Nobody tells could do a you where Michael to Stipe. go. So we we formed an R.E.M. cover band that never got any gigs, not even one. Nobody tells well, maybe you we where played, to go. I think we might have played some folk festival or something. But So the, uh, was Drive out most, yet? Uh, yeah, I think it was around that time, but we were playing the earlier stuff, like the Reckoning and the, and all the, uh... The it's the end murmur. of the world, as we know it. Yeah, all the kind of their, their more, I don't know, college rock days. Did you ever see the but, maps? No. But nope. I mean, I just remember playing in subways every day. That was our biggest place, setting up as a two-piece in like Jane Station or... Wait, you were a two-piece? Yeah. Drums and guitar. Do you remember what it was uh, called? I can't remember. 
No, it I wasn't as good that, as Are We Them. We didn't have enough gigs or any reason to have a name. Right. <laughs> I don't remember. But it was literally, we would just play for enough money to have a pizza. So we would bought, like play for 20 bucks, and then once we had enough, we'd get some pizza and go watch movies and videos of R.E.M. <laughs> but that's fun. Did you remember thinking, like, we might actually go somewhere. I think we're pretty good. No, not at all. N- not at all. I was taking drum lessons, and it was just something to do. Because... Uh, at that point, I had uh, friends that were jobbing musicians, so it was like I was trying to figure out how to get into that world of like playing in cover bands and stuff like that. I was in a police cover band really early on, like junior high. Um, That's classic. Because I could hit those big high sting notes. Really? So you yeah. were doing, you were singing. Back then, sure. Just, just singing or playing guitar and singing? No, I couldn't. I couldn't pl- like. Those were crazy parts. Like yeah, you can't parts play "Message nuts. in a Bottle" and <laughs> sing. Well, maybe you can. Well, if you're good, you can. Yeah, like really accomplished guitar player, you have to be before yeah. you can start singing. The "Message in a Bottle" that's kind of the like: Are you a heavy player or are you not? If you can pull that off and keep it going, because yeah. it's so hand crampy. Or like living in the material world, that one. Wasn't that Madonna? You mean spirits in the material world? Spirits in the material <laughs> world. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, <laughs> like that that groove. Dink, No, because everybody's playing off of each other. Oh, yeah, that boom. Where is it? Sting was here this this week in Halifax. Oh, really? Yeah. He's got a great a great new drummer, a kid. That's pretty awesome. Who is he? I don't know what his name is. I think it's Josh. Not Josh Freeze. It's the new Josh. Or it's a... I don't know. I can't remember his name. He's a wicked drummer. He's young, but he's taken over for Josh. Okay, here's that. What's the matter with my computer? I don't know. My computer is just saying I'm not doing this for you right now, which isn't cool because it's a great groove here. We got to get going. Fired up. So Sting is playing a bass line that's in a different time than the guitar. Well, the drums part. are like all upbeats. Like it's, and then everything plays against that. You know what I mean? The Coke was at the board. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Coke was at the board making the calls. Did you have you been watching any of this Johnny Depp Amber Heard stuff? Well, we talked about it last week a bit, but I I, and and you keep seeing I keep seeing clips. Here we go. You got to be together to be playing that because everyone's working as one. It's just a great, great groove. Um, it's not, not 92. That's probably like 82. But whatever, salad. Um, but yeah, no. So this Amber Heard stuff is pretty wild. Well, yeah. 
the the video that I saw, and I'm not even looking for it, but anytime you open a social media thing, there are yeah, reels clips. now and clips and stuff. Um, it looks like she did a bump on the stand. Doing some rails? Yeah, but on the, on the witness stand, sneaky Kleenex bumps. <laughs> so she pulls out a Kleenex like she's going to blow her nose. She closes one nostril, inhales... And then does that kind of like uh, shudder and then uh, kind of tickles the end of her nose a couple times and then inhales again. It's, so it's undeniable. <laughs> Doing bumps. On the stand well, in court. Well, I guess that's, uh, that's a pretty sneaky way of doing it. Probably it's in the Kleenex. That's no, no residue on her face. Nothing like masterful in the... In the sneakiness, sneaky it's rips. so. But it it just kind of says everything about everyone's headspace. It just sounds awful and sad and uh, <clears throat> toxic and all that stuff. But her doing cocaine in the courtroom doesn't seem <laughs> like a great idea. But it really does kind of seem classic Hollywood, though. If you think about it, yeah, it's worth going looking for. Because I, it's, it it's undeniable. <laughs> You're like, for sure she's doing rails. Yeah. <laughs> what other 92 jams you got, bud? This is a, yeah, this me, is a trip down. Yeah, we can take, keep going down memory lane here. Yeah. There's a, it was a big year for, oh, why is this happening? It's a big year for rock, obviously, with, uh, uh, Nirvana. Why, was that the year? If it was not late 91, it was pounding in 92 is when it really hit. But, like, I remember being in a car and hearing that song for the first time. And I was surprised that, that, uh, like, it was that song, period, Smells Like Teen Spirit, that was just kind of so different and uh, unlike everything else that was on the radio at that time. Because at that time, it was kind of like, uh, like, I remember you and youth gone wild, like, and, you know, like poison and a lot of like, kind of party rock glam metal. Yeah, right. Was the, was the jam. And I'm and trying to remember I, what else is going on. Like, obviously, Bobby Brown and probably new kids on the block and like pretty, yeah. pretty, poppy, I mean, there was, pretty vapid. Yeah. There was other great artists and bands that were there, but they weren't on the main, like the Pixies were banging and you know, like the, the those kind of records were out, but like, or Jane's addiction or even Soundgarden, like those bands were there, but they weren't in the mainstream. So it was all metal and, and kind of, I guess the most, gritty metal band was Guns N' Roses, right? Cause, but even at that time, they were so popular that it was just so mainstream. And uh, uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit was the complete opposite. It was almost like the cultural difference in what their beliefs were as a band or Kurt Cobain. Um, it was such a shocking contrast to what you would hear in other any interview with anybody so it was just kind of a culture shock and then all of a sudden it became just as 
popular and annoying as the metal did two years later, three years later, radio was just saturated with fake Nirvana bands in a way. They changed everything. Yeah. There were two two songs I can think of in my lifetime that I was like, I've never heard that sound. Smells Like Teen Spirit was one. And then Hey Ya. The Outcast. By yeah. Outcast. Yeah, when that came out, it was like, I, I know all those references, but I've never heard them together before. Yeah. That song stopped me in my tracks too. So there was, yeah, it was, it was pretty uh, awesome to hear like just a different kind of song. And then all of a sudden, uh, like I remember it was on so much that like you tried, you tried not to listen to it because you didn't want to wreck it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then, yeah. You right. Like Suddenly you were song. dodging it. Yeah. So like you don't want to hear it for a bit just to kind of keep it fresh in your head. Because it was so refreshing compared to other songs. And even though, like, it acts as a song, it's not really complicated. It's just kind of the first time there was that um, uh, minor to major vibes with chords, you know, in the same sequence. So it just had that quiet, loud drama, no drama. That was the trick that kind of made it sound so different. But then everybody started to copying that, you know. Is that is that technically what they did? Yeah. Minor to major. That's what that what was different about it. Yeah, like that. Dang, 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 like just those two chords being together. Dang, 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 it's like right there. Dang, it's dang, just, dang, dang, <laughs> you know, it's just different in that regard. And then the, the the quiet verse and the loud chorus, just the, the actual sound being so kind of different. So yeah, it was kind of like uh, when you're a kid in, in class and your teacher goes to the piano and teaches you the difference of minor and major, <laughs> you know what I mean? But in a, a punky pop song that uh, has this kind of, thumb to you know thumb nose look at the world right so that was also refreshing instead of everybody wanting to go out and party and hang out and talk about whatever it was like uh insular and being upset with how things are and you can't treat people like this and t-shirt prices are way too high and like just all that kind of I guess it's like, take your commie crap out of here, like that, that stuff, right? <laughs> like the conditions of everything are, are wrong and need to be addressed. That, that was the difference, right? And then all, all these uh, bands that started coming out where that was the thing. They were thoughtful and more concerned about the world around them. Like Pearl Jam or Soundgarden or all, all those Seattle bands are more kind of um, just had had more, I don't know, like deeper morality, you know, just better, better moral compass, almost like something that your kids are, are you'd be happy to have your kids be like, you know, like if you're going to listen to that instead of Ozzy Osbourne eating ants and just trying to get as banged up as possible, you have a band who's being thoughtful and kind of trying to tear down 
environmentally and yeah, equality sure. wise. Was so Dave, I guess that that was the breath breath of fresh air, you know. Was Dave uh, what's his name part of that? Dave Matthews. Not really. Like he, he was just kind of like their music. I think they were just a catchy, very strong band. Like they came out of the Northeast and they were started doing really well at college radio. But I mean, when you saw them, they had a huge band and they were all incredible players. So you could tell that 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 was going to be their thing, a live entity that will. Uh, eventually, they were playing stadiums, right? Not too long in, because they're a quality live band that were just kind of very rhythmic and catchy, but like, like I don't know, Dave Matthews fans, right? Like back then, it was kind of like Fish and those bands, right? Like jam bands. Like Grateful Dead would be, you know, an early uh, concept of that. And like bands would play and the songs are 18 minutes. <laughs> right. And everyone you ever, you ever wears that band. Everyone wears those hoodies fish? that you get in Cuba. <laughs> yeah. Tie dyed uh, cloth hoodies. And then, like, yeah, like the fish band would have like the guy would do like a vacuum cleaner solo, like total nerd rock. <laughs> wasn't the coke at the board in that case but it was I don't know uh, what's going on something else was driving ben and jerry's rock but imagine you um imagine your whole thing is like this is just kind of my scene like I, I don't really care about my appearance much and i wear an old cardigan that i got from my uncle and then suddenly zellers has boys grunge coordinates yeah I know. because you started this thing just by being yourself, that suddenly yeah. everyone wants to copy everywhere. And OLP came out early enough in 93 that, uh, like, you had to pick a side as a band. Like, are you, are you going to be a metal band, like, connecting more to the 80s, late 80s, or are you going to be a grunge band that are had an alternative and independent kind of uh, outlook and perspective? So... Um, we cho chose to try and be accepted as an alternative rock band, you know, whether that was correct or not. There was always this kind of fight in America between alternative radio and rock that you had to kind of pick a side or else you get filtered away in between. Which you kind of don't have to anymore, right? Well, not anymore because there is no, uh, there's alternative. only one lane for everybody. You know, there's modern hits and that's it. There's no like alternative radio or rock, straight rock. It's it's like it's a fine line and it's mostly just hits. And uh, I mean, nowadays you'll hear blinding lights by the weekend on an alternative rock station that, you know, before would just play The Cure and, you know, uh, uh, bands and pixies and early 80s music all the time like new wave now you have bands that sound like new wave like it's 1982 yeah so i don't know it's just uh in that era there was a big a big difference and you kind of had to go one way or the other so did how you guys approach the music change based on like the decision to pursue alternative 
Well, I know it's 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 funny because you're trying to think like, well, no, we're going this cooler approach, but it's really you're still trying to write hit songs for radio. Yeah, you're just using this different kind of framework to portray it and sell it, right? So, um, we we yeah, I think on that first record, we we were really like with Navid, we wanted it to be guitar like a real kind of guitar bass drums record and we didn't want to use keyboards or make it uh too synthesizer sounding so we you know we wanted it to be uh well i guess similar to to those seattle records where it's just a three-piece band in, in a room and it's trying to capture a live feel you know I remember seeing the Sloans around town at that time in Halifax and, uh, you know, wearing... Well, they were, they were a huge... and Pumas and uh, yeah. like vintage baseball jackets. And I'd never seen people look like that, but they were just innately cool. Well, they and they, they were signed to Geffen, the same label that uh, Nirvana were on. So that was a huge kind of buzz in canada for bands it's like wow um and halifax they kind of gave a spotlight on halifax and bands that were in halifax at the time but um that was a, a huge deal that they got signed to geffen what was it sub pop was sub pop owned by geffen S- no sub pop was a, a, a totally its own different thing? independent label mm. um but Geffen was, you know, David Geffen. It was huge, so they got there was a, a, a big signing, and I always thought that Sloan should have been massive on radio in America, but it it didn't connect to the to the point that I thought it would. And obviously, with Geffen, and things didn't blow up like I thought that they would, because they were a great band. Like you go see them live, and they're as good as the records, you know. Such America missed Patrick the is a, such a strong live singer. Maybe one of the best Canada has. Just a great singer, and like never sings out a key. Not that like Chris is a great singer too, for sure. But Patrick was like, wow, that fucking guy is like can rip. Interesting, because I would have always like was, you know just one of those few things where it stands out differently there know. was always like a, a sort of a wrestling match i think between maybe patrick and chris about who was the band leader and, yeah yeah probably yeah. jealousy between them but the truth is they're well, both monsters well it's funny because chris seems like a natural front guy but patrick's such a strong singer that i think maybe that's maybe an inherent thing that that people notice we're like well, who's the guy <laughs> And Patrick is but, an earworm uh, farmer too, for sure. So, like, uh, it's interesting because they really are kind of two different front men in the same band. To the and it got to the point where the other two guys kind of seem like they can be front men too, Andrew and Jay. I know. You know? Like, so it, it's. Uh, I guess they went with uh, all sorts after that, right? Um, can do everything. People of the Sky, a song that Andrew wrote and sings is. It's probably my favorite Sloan song. Yeah, it's a great jam. It's a great jam. And Chris is drumming yeah. on that, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a good drummer too. 
See, they're all, uh, they all can do all lots of things. Ba, 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 da, ba. Anyway, but I think go. Patrick always stays on the guitar and singing. Yeah. But everyone else is a little, a kind of musical chairs. Maybe Jay does too. <laughs> is it just Chris and Andrew that trade? I think so. Yeah. And Goose probably plays uh, drums sometimes. Goose can play everything. Yeah. So yeah. I guess Goose could do whatever now that the, it's all it's taken up to a different notch with the Goose Man. Well, we had um, tickets to see a boy, Avril Lavigne, this week. Um, That's right. There was a she celebrity the- lookalike uh, day at CCJHS where Suge goes, and she went as Avril Lavigne. It was pretty uncanny, to be honest with you. Like the nice. plaid skirt it. and the tie. Yeah, nailed it. Part Hair parted in the middle. Um, yeah. Eyeliner. Uh, she nailed it. And so we were pretty fired up to go see Avril. And then someone or her or someone or a bunch of folks uh, got the Covesy. So they had to tap uh, out. Damn. Which was disappointing. Does she... Can she play guitar? Yeah, she plays. Yeah. I don't know. She's not uh, Randy Rhodes, but she right. can probably campfire it. She's not Wayne Shredsky. She's not Wayne Shredsky. No. <laughs> but she can play along. Yeah. Is she a good sure. live singer, Jeremy? Uh, well, when when we opened for her, it was early. I think she's probably a lot better now. Ah. But she was good, yeah. She's like, when She can sing. So, she can yeah. um, sell a lot of tickets, that's for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you would have might have thought when it started that it was like, how do you do that when you're even 30? But... She turned it into a thing that will last her whole life. So yeah, and she's that's, that's hard to do. She's kind of back and having a bit of a moment with um, some uh, uh, collabs with collabs, uh, yeah. some people that are on the radio now. Very smart, but it must be weird. Like she's headlining a tour here, and then she's opening for Machine Gun Kelly in the states. Yeah, there you go. Hey, bro, how's the crypto, bro? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Crushing it, bro. Hey, did you did you hear the NFTs went down ninety two percent? No, did they? And, and Bitcoin is like thirty grand. <laughs> Imagine you were into uh, <laughs> an image of a monkey I with t- a captain's hat on for two hundred k. Oh my god! <laughs> and it just turned down. And now it's like twelve grand. Yeah. Oh man! And he I don't tried know to make the do. case, like, but where did what happened to your money? Well, you know, there's a yeah. monkey with a captain's hat, and it was supposed to be. Yeah. So you think, like, okay, well, how's it going to go up again? Oh, you know, it's just it's, you know NFTs, man. Just it's going to NFT, and we're going to like go out there, and like people, the blockchain will get stronger. I can't and, even like... get in to my account <laughs> because just... I need some type of like two fa security thing yeah i'm blocked out of my own account your own blockchain blocked you out like i i read last week that warren buffett he said uh if 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 he could have all the bitcoin in the world for 25 dollars he wouldn't buy it whoa because it's it's worthless to him he calls it as he he sees it man well, he says there's no work happening. It's like it just mysteriously goes up or down. There's no, like he said, if I'm in, in investing in rental properties, you can see what's happening. If you're invest, investing in whatever uh, business, you can see the work that's being done to make it go up or down. 
but with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, it's all mm -hmm. a guessing game. There's no like reason for things to change other than like it's bullshit. Other than Elon so, Musk. Yeah, like it, it, he chirped NFTs and then they went down. Like that's not how a real viable uh, e economic thing should be. You know, like that's insanity. You, you work, you have to see something mm -hmm. happening and a purpose for things to, to fluctuate. Like everyone knows the food, food companies are clearly, uh, they're on the gravy train and same with gas companies. They're on the gravy train and they're happy to like skim everybody. So they're raising prices just because they can. And there's also the supply chain and COVID, all these things to blame it, but they're also subsidizing it and tripling it. Like, I think uh, Loblaws made $40 billion or something, like 40, either that or like 40% increase in their, in their uh, revenue the first quarter of this year. So like, that just tells you that they're clearly not breaking even to help the situation. Like... They're making money and it's because of whatever reason, but at least you're seeing people going into stores and buying it for, you know, they're buying $8 bread instead of $2 bread. But like that's makes more sense to me than like, well, why'd Bitcoin just go down $20,000, you know? It's um, paranoia. Yeah, but do you see, do you ever watch a, any of these videos again when you open the social medias and there's a like a guy with his phone talking to people on the street like yo what do you do for a living how much is in your bank right now yeah yeah they interview all these maps who are in their like early twenties that say oh yeah. six point one mil crypto crypto bro <laughs> I, think I have uh, a, you know the NFT plant. of the, uh, the yeah. monkey with the captain's hat I own that that's dog. me. 16 million dollars island boy <laughs> yeah those island boys yeah they shaved off their locks and now they got short hair they did yeah island boy <laughs> why did they shave off their locks <laughs> i don't know i guess they're getting too many chirps literally the only hook they had I know, but now they're island boy in it. Like they're like that's a cameo thing. That's literally how they make money, right? That was their crisscross just... backwards sweatshirt, their hat. That was their hook. That was their whole thing. <laughs> Sitting in the pool. I'm an island boy. Oh. <laughs> Is that how they make money for real? Yeah. Ugh, for sure. Cameo all day. Are you on the cameo, bud? No, I've never made one dollar on a cameo, but I know people that make like a hundred grand a year on cameo. Wow! Just so, like yeah. saying, "Hey, it's uh, me from that band." Happy birthday, Janet! Yeah, and then boom, or you get the guy from uh, Train to sing "Happy Birthday" to you, all fancy. Seriously, Jessica, I hope you get drops of Jupiter in your hair this year. And uh, oh anyway. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> Drop a load on him, Dave. <laughs> well. Drops of Jupiter Hey, seriously, I hope you get drops of Jupiter in your hair this year. Uh, from all of us in train, happy birthday, okay? 
That's actually a great game. You give me a celebrity and I'll do their cameo message. Okay, okay perfect. Let's okay. play it after the break. Take a break, bud. <laughs> Here it comes. Now that she's back in the atmosphere with drops of Jupiter in her head. So, so, so he does say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was that. What are drops of Jupiter? <laughs> you went dirty. Well, I don't know. I went with the, yeah, I went with the, the drop a load on him, Dave. Well, what, what are drops of Jupiter? Yeah, you tell me. Like, hey, Marley, you have something in your hair. <laughs> oh, uh, it's just drops of Jupiter. <laughs> well, it sounds like a spa- epic space stuff. It's like where it's like, wow, or the drops of Jupiter coming from the slick solar system. Wow, high up. <laughs> drops of Jupiter in her hair. <laughs> Let's okay. Now that she's back in the atmosphere with drops of (coughs) Jupiter in her hair, she acts like summer and walks like rain, reminds me there's a time to change. Since the return from her stay on the moon, she listens like spring and she talks like June. But tell me... I think it's like... Did you sail across the sun? Did you make it to the Milky Way to see the lights all faded and that heaven is overrated? Tell me, did you fall for a shooting star, one without a permanent scar, and did you miss me while you were looking for yourself out there? Yeah. I think... Oh, uh, oh dude. I think... What? what? I think the thing about this song is like the, you know... And I was talking to Ed from the Bare Naked Ladies. I was... uh I went to his house. We had some lunch last week, and he mentioned this. I think it's uh, <laughs> about him as a singer and the Pat guy from Train. Like his voice is so good that he can kind of sing anything, and it's gonna sound like make sense. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> like because he's such a talented singer, he can get away with like. Wait, Ed ABC. was citing the guy from Train specifically. Yes. Yeah. He was saying, like, as a writing partner, because uh, not that he necessarily wrote with him, but just the word on the street is, like, the guy can make, you know, peanut butter and jelly sound exciting because he's such a great singer. So it Interesting. Makes sense. Well, it's like, it's like stand-up comics. If, if you read many of their sets, they wouldn't come off the page, but it's about how they deliver them. Yeah. It's like Seinfeld. Like if you read his jokes on a paper, you'd be like, this is not funny whatsoever. But his delivery is like... Interesting. Never thought about that singing-wise before. <laughs> Listen to this yeah. verse. You ready? Yeah. I'm going I'm to try to lay it down like I'm him and mean it. And then you speak up when you're like, I, mm, I don't know, man. Okay? So what do you mean? Like what? Like pretend we're in the booth and I'm going to lay down this verse from Drops of Jupiter and and you speak up when you're like, "Uh, I don't know how I feel about that lyric. Okay. Now that she's back from her soul vacation, tracing her way through the constellation. Hey, hey. Okay. That's, that works. She checks out Mozart while she does Tybo. Reminds oh, me that oh, there's oh, room no, to go. Hey, stop. Oh, oh, oh. 
Stop right there. Huh? What, what, what was that? Ty, Ty Bo? Oh, Did yeah, I said Mozart Ty wrong. <clears throat> I'll punch in. She checks out Mozart while she does Ty Bo. Reminds no, me no, that there's to grow. You got stop. <laughs> That's actually in there. We, we can't say Ty Bo. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, copyrighted? Right. Well, I need something that rhymes with grow, and there's literally no other option. <laughs> she checks out Mozart while she does typo. Reminds me that there's room to grow. Oh, oh, oh. Do the uh, the latte line. Um. <laughs> That's pretty classic. Is that from this song? Yeah, yeah. The best latte, soy latte. Oh, yeah. right. The best damn latte that you ever had in me. No, isn't it soy latte? Uh, can you imagine no love pride, deep fried chicken? Your best friend always sticking up for you. Even when I know you're wrong, can you imagine no first dance, freeze, dried, romance, five hour phone conversation? The best soy latte that you ever had in me. He really brings it home on me, too. The best yeah. soy latte that you ever had in me. Yeah. Like super vulnerable on For me. Sure, he's singing it like he's a Disney prince. But tell me, did the wind sweep you off your feet? Did you finally get the chance to dance along the light of day and head back toward the Milky Way? But tell me, did you sail across the sun? Did you make it to the Milky Way to see the lights all faded? Man. I don't know. The man can sing. I don't know. He really can. I I would, and who am I to I'm, say? I'm actually, but I would say some of these I'm, lyrics are suspect. I will see them on July 10th this summer at the Bodweiser stage. My friend Matt Musty is playing drums with Train. Really? So I'm going to go down and watch, yeah. Oh, great. Now they're going to hear this somehow. <clears throat> and I'm going to... Um, no, I already. Stuff. I even. I even threw it up the flagpole already. Did I? If could I, if I could sit in on drops of Jupiter and it said and he said no dice. Who? Pat. <laughs> Pat. He did. This, yeah. Yes. I already tried. Well, I was like, hey man, it'd be cool if I could sit in on like drops of Jupiter. Tell I know that. Did the wind sweep you off your feet? <laughs> Um, well, maybe when he gets back from his soul vacation, he'll change his mind. <laughs> because I saw him at, uh, I think it was uh, one of the golf tournaments that, that was happening this this year. Like, I saw that there was a band, and he just, like, hopped up and sang a few songs. So I was like, oh, maybe he's one of those guys who's, like, cool with just <laughs> little sitskis. So crowd wouldn't wouldn't. So wouldn't Matt hate was that. like, "Hey Pat, my buddy Jeremy <laughs> wouldn't mind sitting in on drops of Jupiter." And Pat was yeah. like, "No, we're not, no." He's like, "No way." <laughs> <laughs> so why was drops of Jupiter on your radar? They have lots of hits. Why is that the one you wanted to play? Because because of that song, I know it, and uh, actually, like they were, I think on they were on Columbia at the same time as we were. And Drops of Jupiter, like, literally, Donnie Einer was like, can you guys write a song like this? <laughs> and we were kind of, like, pressured into, like, we got to write a hit like this. And that's where Somewhere Out There came from. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. 
<clears throat> wow. So somewhere out there was kind of like inspired in a way by that song. Crazy. Yeah, drops of Jupiter somewhere out there. There's well, some by the way, Trailer stuff. Park Boys, my name is Earl. Yeah. <laughs> um, they wanted to buy the format for Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, and that's Cloudberg right. said no, and so they did My Name is Earl, which kind of has similar themes. At the mm-hmm. end of 2018, drummer Drew Shoals left the band to resume his law career. There you go. In it's, June, like that, it's that kind of party. Everybody's June 2019, like, Matt Musty joined Train. There you go. Yeah, he's my bod. He's a great drummer. So what is he from? Uh, well, like a session L.A. I think he played with Grace Potter, who's a great singer. Oh, that's the other train song. Eh, eh, yeah. Hey, Soul Sister. Hey, Soul yeah, Sister. that's a smash. Um, on uh, uh, whatever that is, Sirius Satellite or something, uh, Pat has a show called Train Tracks. Where he um, <laughs> plays uh, music, I obviously enjoy. He, he the name can of probably his show. He, he can probably just like sing any of the songs that he plays. He just rips into it. He I, he is a good singer. Yeah, I'll stand behind that. How about how how about this one, like a, uh, for ninety two jams. Icky breaky heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he and his wife just broke up. I was bummed out about that. They'd hold some rows together. They'd been together a long time. She's had it with his like uh, sitting on the couch bong rip ways. I guess is that his reputation? I think so, something like that. Is it? I don't know. I'm not. I'm, no, I'm definitely generalizing because the guy's very successful. Plus, Old Town but, Road. That was him. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I can't get over the image of you sitting in on Drops of Jupiter. Now it's all I want. <laughs> Maybe. I do you think I could send him a message? Slide into his DMs. Pat? Yeah. Slide into his DMs. He's like, "Yo, you're not listening." Well, there are weird like, like in. <clears throat> there are weird pockets of of trailer park people. Like Rob Thomas apparently loved the show. Oh, and every time nice. Matchbox Twenty was in town, the boys would go. Um, <laughs> Classic. He's someone that I probably over uh, just kind of wrote off. Um, but Rob his, Thomas. Yeah, but his story is quite something. He's quite a success story. He's overcome a lot, and that makes me dig him. But also, wow, I think those... I just have a visceral reaction to that song he did with Santana. Was it smooth? Yeah, but think about smooth, yeah. Good Lord, a door, door, door. I mean, that song probably clocks in a couple million every year for him. So that, that's you can't get go wrong with that. <laughs> My, it's a Santana problem, <laughs> not a Rob Thomas problem. Well, I mean, it's it's uh, it's just one of those songs that like uh, has you can like it's just I don't know what it was, but it just connected with that like I don't know the the time in a way where you just you you'll always hear that song like 
Margaritaville or something, right? Like Smooth? it's just gonna keep on going forever. Yeah. Duh. Like every time you walk into Vegas, if you're in a Vegas casino for longer than thirty minutes, you're gonna hear that song. Gross. Either on the PA or a band playing it in the lobby. What is I had an epiphany this week and I wanna ask you first, what is one band you never need to hear again? In this lifetime, a lot of bands. I mean, music that I don't listen to, genres <laughs> like country music, modern country music. Well, you're listening I, to I the wrong people. Well, I'm sure there's like, uh, I'm talking about formulated mainstream country music. Can't do it, man. Where I the beer is cold get- and the girls are hot. Yeah, I start seeing like those like guys with the with those wrap around white sunglasses and then like the maga hats. <laughs> like I just start getting creeped out. John Daly, basically. Yeah, like Freedom Convoy dudes. Right. <laughs> like I just start feeling like that vibe, and I'm like, "Get me out of here." Um, <laughs> mine is Black Eyed Peas. Oh, really? Yeah, I'd be just fine if I never heard another Black Eyed Peas song in my but you life. But pro- like, there'll be probably like a hit next month, and it'll be them. And it'll be like some other weird pop thing <laughs> where you'll be like, oh, that's them? <laughs> I think it's a Will I Am problem. And not as a guy, but I think his <laughs> approach to making music uh, doesn't jive with mine because it doesn't feel genuine. Yeah. No, I hear you. And that's the same with, like, uh, with, I'm sure, like, yeah, there's probably cool country artists out there. Definitely. But, I I mean, I'm talking about, like, the when you walk into a bar and everyone knows the song and they're just going crazy. And they're all white people only. Those are not (laughs) your people. It just creeps. Yeah, I start getting sick. (laughs) I can't do it. Have you ever found yourself in that type of environment? Yeah. Where you're like, time. how did I get here? Well, I, I, I remember being at the 2005 Masters in Augusta. And we went out to a bar one night and it was like that. And I, I was getting the stares from everywhere just because, I don't know, I had like glasses and long hair or something. But like I was getting the the what have salad looks from all these like Saturdays for the boys guys. Oh yeah. You like bar stool stoolies. Right. Those kind of dudes. Yeah. So yeah. And then the the tunes were going and the later it got, the more I was feeling like maybe that I'm going to be like the, the finale for these guys tonight. Just beat me up in the parking lot for sport. Yeah. So I just, uh, I can't vibe like that, man. There's too much tension when it's like... That's fair. Yeah. Um, I saw Wayne Gretzky on... I think it was on Spit and Chicklets. And he was talking about how <laughs> when he was a kid, Walter, who was way ahead of his time, said, um, yeah. if you can handle a bouncing tennis ball on the ice, you'll be able to uh, handle a puck no problem. So most of the drills Wayne did on the backyard rink were with a tennis ball. That's so Getting smart. Getting chops. Yeah. Because then you're, uh, 
you're more into the hops and the bounces of the puck, yeah. which is if you're more used to that as opposed to it being flat, that's a big difference for sure. So smart. Well, that was his whole thing was kind of where's the puck going to end up if it's being hit. So he probably had that also had that angles thing down, like probably would be a great pool player. You know what I mean? Where you can see where stuff is going to bank and end up. I wonder. I'm sure. I wonder. He had eyes on the back of his head. What if you're Wayne Gretzky and you retire at whatever age you did and you have a full bank account? And what if the days are long? A lot of golf. Yeah. Probably a couple too many cocktails. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah, probably. (laughs) Are you going to golf this summer, bud? I'm golfing on Monday. Are you? At St. George's at Media Day for the Canadian Open. It's going to be a great... uh, The Canadian Open is going to be amazing. Who are you playing with? I don't know yet. I'll find out. I'll, I'll have a good story for next week. That's fun. I don't know yet, but probably some people in the media biz, fellow uh, sports folks that like, uh, I don't know, like I'm sure like your James Duthies and those types will probably be Bob Weeks. Is that what media day means? Yeah, it's like bringing in people that are in media, but also um, celebs. Like I think Nick Nurse is playing. Is Timbo? No. Are they back on the road? No Timbo. Uh, they're, they're kind of back and forth. I think they've been doing weekend rips. And then they got... I know they have a American show starting like next week or something like that. So wow. I know every time I talk to him, he's like back and forth from Toronto doing either videos or rehearsals. It's like, he's a busy boy. Um, I saw the James should be. Taylor show got shut down too because of the Covesy. Man, it must just add a layer of. Oh man, it's the worst complication. It's, gotta, it, it's the worst for for smaller bands that can't afford to stop. Yeah, you know when they're on the road, like and they're doing four shows and they have to completely shut things down for a week. Like that's just you know you and I know like how that would. You're done. Like if you're stuck somewhere and you can't play shows, you just instantly broken even on yeah. the tour, right? So it's been really difficult for Bods because this uh, this Omicron has been uh, sneaky, and a lot of people are pretending it's over. When that's the thing, people are thinking we're done with COVID, but COVID isn't done with us. That's the biggest picture. Like that's what people have to realize. You can't just say you're done, no matter how frustrated you are, you still have to try and, um, continue, you know, keeping distance and wearing masks. I'm like, at least I still see most people wearing masks, shopping and stuff. But when you see people that are working in stores without masks like I, I don't understand that right now you know like especially places of where they're making food all day and they're open yeah. there's food trays in front of them that are completely open but they're not wearing masks anymore because they think covid's over and yet it's not so these are people taking your order and talking over empty open trays of food and they're not wearing masks but i am i used to work so with a like, mask who was a little eccentric and he would take uh, silverware with him to restaurants. And at the time, I was like, that's a bit weird. But when you think about it, 
do you really want a fork in your mouth that was in some other mask's mouth 18 minutes ago? No, yeah, it's a good move. That guy knew what he was doing. Yeah. That guy's that guy's my favorite guy now in your life beside the guy that was laying in the uh in the pool in the summer. Who was that? The uh, the ice bath guy. That did Oh yeah, that yeah, that guy. <laughs> ice he's the original guy. he's the original ice man. That Hoff Iceman guy that like hangs out in the in the cold water. Yeah, like he was the original version of that guy. The guy who plays McMurray on Letterkenny took me through some uh, whammies. Some like heavy duty Yeah. Breathing things. No, but that, that guy when you were a kid did that without the heavy breathing. Yeah, he just laid in a bathtub full of ice. <laughs> no, but in the in the winter he'd have a t shirt on, you said, right? Yeah, yeah, because he didn't need a jacket. <laughs> like, that's unbelievable. That guy needs to be studied. I know. Like, what is he, what's the deal? I don't even know what that ailment is called. <laughs> but he was like... It's not really, I guess, it, well, it's an ailment in the summer. He was running a warm engine. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you're not kidding. Like, if it was like everyone's wearing, like, it's minus 10, he still would have a t-shirt on? Yeah. Yeah, didn't need a jacket. He was just running hot. <laughs> that, that's that. my top three Jonathan stories. That Or that guy, you turning blue in the class. Yeah. How do you remember that? <laughs> and now that I, well, because it's just so, so random. Yeah, and I had money <laughs> to take a taxi to the hospital because every time I went there, they were like, you're not blue, bro. I was like, but I was, I, I swear. So Susan Torrance gave me 20 bucks to take the taxi um, to the hospital as soon as I turned blue. But I spent it on chippies and score bars at the store and I would turn blue and didn't have enough for the taxi. Oh, my God. The blue would last for like a half an hour or something. Yeah, maybe an hour. But but it was blue enough that people in my class were like, are you? Oh, my gosh, miss. (laughs) And and there was no... What was the reason? There's still no reason. It just was like a reaction to something. Yeah, I don't know. Like circulation thing, maybe? I don't know. And did it did it ever happen in your teens? Or was it just... Well, this wasn't young? in my early teens, but there was uh, there was no other physical uh, symptom. It wasn't... It didn't hurt. Uh, yeah. It didn't last. It didn't limit me in any way. It was just a weird thing. So you haven't had it. It never <laughs> no. happened again, like no. you were like on Jonavision and all of a sudden turning blue. No, no, I never had any of those things. <laughs> um, uh, I had a couple of pilonidal sinuses that were inconvenient over the years uh, that had to be lanced. Um, but otherwise, uh, knock on wood, I've been pretty, <laughs> pretty lucky. So it's almost like it maybe anger did it, like the Hulk, <laughs> right? The pilonidal like sinuses. No, the, the turning blue is because, like, you were just, something ticked you off. Yeah, like exactly. Like, the Hulk turns into the green. <laughs> um, I, the I, real truth. I don't think it was attributed to anything. Working blue. Yeah, it's working blue. It's my favorite. Hey, crazy that um, uh, Bob Saget, Gilbert Gottfried, Louis Anderson, and Norm yeah, all passed away all in the last gone. six months. That's bizarre. Like, none of those guys I would have thought. But there's a lot, that's kind of happening a lot these days. You're seeing people that uh, you wouldn't think, but like, 
a lot of the old guards too. Like that, what was it? Uh, Seinfeld. All the parents are like most of them. Like, uh, yeah, Jerry, uh, B- Jerry Stiller, uh, J- Jerry's mom just passed away in the show, and George's mom, Estelle, what's her name? But like, just that was weird that that all kind of happened in the last six months as well. Bizarre. The um the Bob Saget one's a weird one, isn't it? What, like that he died? Well, yeah, there are lots of rumblings about what he was up to and maybe who wouldn't have wanted him around. Really? Yeah. Like something might have happened to him? Well, something um, uh, like maybe a connection to Jeffrey Epstein. I, sh- I shouldn't even say it oh, without maybe. the actual yeah. information. But One of those kind of deals? Well, yeah, I didn't. I It really surprised me to hear that uh, there was potentially more to it. Yeah. Anyway, cheers. It, it is what it is. Yeah. Bob Saget's not with us. I'm gonna sell some stuff on Kijiji this weekend, bud. Are ya? Yeah. I'm gonna sell. Uh, I'm gonna sell a bicycle, and I'm gonna sell. There's a, there was a guy in Truro who was kind of an antique collector, and he was moving. And mm. uh, my friend Tompkins, uh, who always has the line on this stuff, was like, "Hey, uh, go to Seven George Street." Because there's a guy there and his house is full of stuff. Um, so I bought a bunch of stuff, including a bicycle from him. So I'm going to sell my bike and I'm going to sell a microwave on Kijiji this weekend because it's a hood mount. But I'm going to borrow a trick that a friend of mine says, which is every time you haggle on the price, it goes up 50 bucks. Yeah, like quit it. Yeah, because I don't want to have someone standing in my driveway going, I don't know, I'll give you, I'll give you 75 for it. Nope. We're going we're gonna to sell a bathtub. On Kijiji. Are you? Yeah, we just got all our stuff out of storage finally. What do you want for so that? One of, the, one of the things is a bathtub. Brand new in a box. Retails for like 3500 bucks. It's in but the it box? Like a, no baths? It was an auction score. It's one of those fancy bathtubs, like long bathtubs that sits in the middle of the room. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to use it up in our bathroom, but I, we like the tub that's in here. So we're just going to change the aesthetics of what's there. But the tub's great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're going to sell this thing. What are you going to ask so, for? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe two grand. Yeah. Because it's ready to go and they're hard to find and stuff's backlogged. Let's see. So what it's would you take bathtub. for it? Whatever, two grand's fine. No, I know, but what if someone's like, I can see myself giving you eleven hundred, but I can't, I can't uh, give you more. Than that. I don't know, maybe we'll see. If if no one says nothing, then we'll see. Hey, Jer. Yeah, if you want to buy it for eleven hundred bucks? No, I'm looking at a. If I'm looking at a truck in Woodbridge, would you go have a look at it for me? Like go see it? Yeah. What kind of truck? Sure. Thank like you. A, a a pickup truck or something? Yeah. There are two types of friends in the world, right? The ones that are like, what is it? And the friends that are like, sure. Thanks for being a sure friend. Are you like, just said that and I don't have to? or like, Well, no, you might have to. <laughs> um, our, our, uh, tri- I don't mind. No, that's cool. Okay. But it's, uh, 
my concern is like, what if I try it out? I don't know anything about trucks. I'm like, oh yeah, it's perfect. And I'm right. like, it's really fucked up and it's bad. Like, I don't want to do that either. No, but I guess like one of the big things would be like, does it exist? Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Like okay. just how greasy Yikes. is yeah. the guy, like that stuff. All right. Okay. So that's different. And, you so know, my maybe... brother Jet, Jet would be able to tell you if it's rocking or not. Oh, well, there I you go. Know nothing. He's in Barry though. And he's a busy man. Oh. Huh. Um, cause that I, I can't guarantee you. I, I was uh, looking at one in Quebec this six. week and, um, the guy's like, Oh dad, yes. Yeah, perfect. Like, okay. Well, it can't be cause it's used. <laughs> that voice. Oh no, it's perfect. <laughs> it's, it's like a East coast French style. Yeah. One of those like, like New Brunswick, rural French. Quebec. <laughs> oh, you won't have a problem with that. <laughs> Okay. My favorite is the guys that talk with the accent but don't speak any French. Like that's the my favorite. Oh, they speak English with a French accent, right? Yeah, which is a thing, right? That's a thing. That is a thing because they want to fit in. Of New Brunswick, where there's guys that talk with a thick French accent but can't speak a lick of French. Yeah, those sons of bees. Not fooling anybody. (laughs) What is that? It's pronounced that, not dat. Uh, dat. But he's actually like, what? then say it in French. You want to have a problem with that? Um, okay, let's get our uh, let's get our oh. commerce on this weekend. Let's see. Yeah. Let's report back. Let's get our Kijijis going, and we'll report okay. back next week. I'm gonna sell both things. I just need to know what to put on. Like the this microwave's still in the wrapping, so it's legit. Um, oh man all right so yeah same with the bathtub yeah so next week we'll compare notes on what we asking what'd you get for it <laughs> okay and uh yeah this is my chance of like well we didn't put it up yet but we're gonna probably do it well just do it yeah just do it okay i'm gonna do it too all right bots have a great week have a bot good job bot <laughs>